Hey folks, my name is Andy Sido. I'm a singer, songwriter, performer, producer, and whatever else I gotta do to make a living, living in Denver, Colorado. This is Middle Class Rockstar. My guests today are Pete and Crystal Damore, the husband and wife duo that make up the band Ordinary Elephant. And more on that in just a second. But I want to say hello. Hi, how are you? It's the beginning of a new season, season four of Middle Class Rockstar, and episode 80-something. I didn't look that up before I got on the mic, but 80-something. When I first started this thing, I said I wanted to get to 100, at least. That was my big goal, and it's in sight. It's just around the corner, and I think in this new season, barring some crazy accident, we'll get there. We'll get there together. So thank you for listening. Um and and being supportive and uh and and all the suggestions and things like that i sure do appreciate it um and i hope you continue to enjoy the podcast and listen and all those other great things quick thanks to our sponsors pq mastering patrick at pq mastering puts the finishing touches on this podcast and for any of your audio or restoration needs visit pqmastering.com also narrator music for simple and affordable licensing for sync, visit narratorrf.com. If you'd like to support this podcast in a monetary way, I'm on Patreon at patreon.com slash andysido, S-Y-D-O-W. You'll get these episodes a lot of times a little bit early. Sometimes there's additional content. I put out songs that I don't put out to the world or put out early uh, to the Patreon community, whatever it is, blog posts tour announcements i put up some stuff on there so if you'd like to support you can do that for as little as three dollars a month and i sure would appreciate it if you'd like to help out in a not monetary way that's okay too give this podcast a five-star rating and review you've heard that from everybody right a five-star rating and review on apple podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts so in in the off season i usually take off the summer and a little bit of the fall because i tour a lot and it's a busy time and uh i turned 30 in August and to celebrate I drove around the Midwest and I played a bunch of shows solo it was my first time touring solo I went in Clifford the big red van aka the big red machine and it was a great time I camped in the van met lots of wonderful people and uh it was just a great time and on all my off days I went to baseball games if you've been listening to this podcast you know I'm a big baseball fan got to see some ball games there were some COVID cancellations, some hurricane cancellations, but I still got to take in quite a few ball games, including a double header in Cincinnati, watching my beloved Cincinnati Reds take one of two from the St. Louis Cardinals. That was back on September 1st. Um, I also performed uh, at the Dripping Spring Songwriters Festival, which was just a wonderful weekend. If you're a songwriter and you haven't uh, gone out to that, I would highly recommend the Dripping Spring Songwriter Festival. And then through that, I've booked a couple more for next year. So still trucking, uh, playing, having fun, writing. And uh, and yes, that's a little update on me. I've also been trying to get into a more consistent writing routine. I've always written a lot, but it's uh, it's in phases, which maybe is okay. But I'm trying to be a little more consistent with it where instead of writing for like hours one day and then not at all for a week trying to do a little bit every day and uh reinforce that good behavior so i'm i I haven't been one to do exercises and things like that but i've been looking for some exercises and uh one that i found is in this book called writing better lyrics 
Uh, it's by Pat Pattinson. And I said, what the heck? I'm going to open it up and I'll do a couple exercises. So one of the exercises was object writing. And I'm supposed to, you're supposed to pick a random object in the room. It can be anything. And write for 10 minutes. So if you start at 4.10, you're done at 4.20. You don't write for 12 minutes. You don't write for 8. You write for 10. And you try to get all the senses in there. I'm speaking too fast. I'm getting out of breath. <laughs> you try to get all the senses in there. So this is... Uh, I, I thought it was kind of funny because how the, how the perspective changed writing in that sort of way. So I, I'll share with you uh, this exercise. It was written about my newly acquired Rhodes piano. There's a new member in my musical family. I picked it up this past Wednesday. It has been well taken care of. The previous owner kept it in good shape and didn't move it much. Sitting in my home studio, there's a new element. I can tell that something is different without even seeing it. There's a new energy. It's as if I can see a glimpse of what we'll do together over the next 10 years. We'll share many of the same successes and failures. It's a large object, colored like a baby cow or zebra. Sitting at my desk, I can hear the sound of the ceiling fan vibrating off its ominous top shell that coffins the key hammers. It's clean but musty at the same time. It smells like a combination of grandma's house and rock and roll. Rock and roll meaning clearly someone has set a few beers on it. I can still taste someone's grandmother's cookies, though. Weird. The ruddy dust spell spills through the cracks on the casing. It cannot be cleaned off. Those crumbs are simply a part of the instrument now, part of the story, some of the wrinkles. Ingrained in the fingerprint. It sits still, but it might come to life if given the right opportunity. I'll give it the right opportunity. Running my fingers across the keys, I feel like I'm still shaking hands with Rosie. Her name is Rosie now. That's the only way to get to know her, by constantly shaking her hand. Maybe she'll tell me she'd prefer a different name. Maybe she's a he. Maybe she has no sexual preference and prefers to be addressed as the inanimate object that it, she, he is. Rosie's silver face thrusts out in ripples like a cheese grater. I promise to never grate cheese on you, Rosie. The end. Best piece of writing ever? No. It was just 10 minutes, but I thought it was funny because I started off and it was odd. Like, okay, I'm going to try to describe this weird object that is just an object. And then I started talking to it and giving it a personality and asking it questions. And I thought that was amusing. Is it going to make me a better writer? I don't know. But I did the exercise and I'm, and I'm going through all this just to, as a long-winded way to say, if you have any great songwriting exercises or writing exercises that you do, please share them with me. I'd love to try it out. Uh, Andy Sitto music at gmail.com or middleclassrockstar at gmail.com. Okay, enough of my rambling, and I apologize. It's the first episode of the season, so I had some stuff to cover. But I want to get in to today's guest, Ordinary Elephant. I'm chatting with both uh, Pete and Crystal, um, reading from their website now. International Folk Music Awards 2017 Artist of the Year, Ordinary Elephant captivates audiences with their emotionally powerful and vulnerable songs, letting the listener know that they are not alone in this world. The collaboration of husband and wife, Pete and Crystal Damore, their connection, and their influences all meet on stage. Mary Gaucher says, To become one in song, hand-in-glove harmony surprise the listener with focused intensity and musical mastery. The Associated Press is calling their latest album Honest, one of the best Americana albums of the year. They're also on Patreon at patreon.com slash ordinaryelephant. If you want to subscribe uh, to them on Patreon, 
I'll have that link in the show notes. You can go check it out and contribute as little as $3 a month um, and as much as $100 a month. And uh, there's different different levels on their, on their Patreon. I was first introduced to their music on uh, Cover Sunday, which is an event that Kerrville... Uh, that Kerrville does, if, if you've ever been down to their festival, they do their songwriter festival. Um, and it was online this year, but I was a finalist in the songwriting competition this year. Um, and so I, you know, I did all the online competition stuff and I showed up for cover Sunday, played a couple covers and that's where I heard them play a couple covers and I love their voices. I love the music and that's uh, what made me want to look into more and uh, and hear what they're all about, and I became an instant fan of their music too. So, without further ado, let's jump into my conversation with Ordinary Elephant. Eggshell white, painting your head, dirt beneath your nails, and years on the back of your hands. Some things can't wash clean. Hello, ordinary Hello. elephant people. Hi. <laughs> Hello, Crystal normal human person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They have names, Crystal and Pete. Uh, how are you guys doing? Thanks, thanks for coming on. Well, yeah, thank you so much for having us. We're happy to be here, and we're doing well. It is not winter yet here, so it is wonderful. <laughs> it's, it's start, I mean, I'm in Denver, so, um, you know, it was 70 yesterday, it's 25 today. Oh. Uh, so I, winter, winter never fully comes or leaves. It's just, you know. It's just, just a the constant threat. The <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And you guys are in uh, Louisiana, right? We are, yeah. So it's Very like two seasons basically <laughs> yeah and are you are you guys out there playing a show or are you off right now we're off we just got back from like a three ish week tour and so this is this is our place down uh crystal grew up nearby and so we we got this place just before the pandemic um obviously good timing <laughs> Uh, Without yeah. knowing it, yeah, <laughs> we were we were living on the road in an RV before that, um, and that would have been tough to be uh, in an RV during the pandemic. So, we, yeah. and so that was just co- I mean, coincidence that it happened right before the pandemic that you that you got a place. Yeah, very much. Yes, <laughs> it was. Yes, strangely excellent timing without realizing it (laughs) wow Um, yeah it it worked out very well because we got to work on things that were going to keep getting put off while we went on the road (laughs) because we were home so yeah we got an an old house uh, needed you know it always needs something some sort of work well it's nice to have a home base sometimes probably right very much yes we were very thankful to have a home to be staying home in <laughs> when we needed yeah. to do that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, this yeah this last tour was our uh, kind of our first real venture out since the pandemic. 
we did a few shows in Texas earlier this year, like in the summertime, August time. And then this was our first like actual run. Uh, so that was, in, it was interesting getting back. So where all did you guys go? And, um, and, and Wes was with you on a, on a few of those, right? Right. Yeah. Wes Collins was, he joined us at the very end of the tour. Um, we, we started off in new England, did four shows and we had some downtime there, um, which ended up working out pretty well. We had a, a very gracious fan and now friend that put us up for a few days and then we headed over to Ohio, Michigan, Illinois, Wisconsin, and uh, and we we also played a few shows with a fellow named Scott Cook, who's who we love um, his songs and his spirit and his company. And wonderful, yeah, it was wonderful. That's is is it? Uh, how were the shows attendance wise i mean in 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 your part of the country is there limit a lot of limitations still when you were out there or was it was it pretty full was there outdoor stuff um we i don't think we had any outdoor shows did we yep we did i think we did Uh, it's all a blur it's It's hard to remember (laughs) (laughs) um i think we did do it some outdoor things but mostly indoor um yeah, it was kind of hit or miss. You know, some of the things were pretty lightly attended. Some of the things were more, uh, were well attended. And it tended to, um, you know, the, with the, the the restrictions for COVID were pretty variable um, uh, depending on uh, venue to venue, you know. I mean, even within the same state, it was it was either, you know, and we tried to do like we tried to at least have people masking up um and uh but but that wasn't always enforced so it seemed like the less restrictions the more people came out (laughs) yep which is good and bad right (laughs) scarier and yeah i've had that experience the last the last few months as well um Mm. i'm kind of hunkered down i think for the for the winter for the most part but i was out for the summer and fall and uh similar experiences there but it's been interesting to see that people starting to get back out and stuff um but so you guys going back in time now i know we're just we're kind of in the present but if we go back in time you guys met in in 2009 in college station right yeah yeah we sure did um we were kind of pursuing other things there and um music was was a a hobby that we loved uh and we both ended up at the same songwriter open mic in it was actually in Bryan which is the sister town to College Station um where Texas A&M is and yeah we 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 had a little community there for a few years that we were regulars at we loved we loved our little open mic were you guys at, in school there I had already graduated, and, and Crystal was doing training, um, postgraduate training, I guess you could say. Yeah. Oh, very good. And and one of you, I don't know which one, but I read that one of you was a computer programmer at the time or was going to become a computer programmer. One of you was a, a vet, veterinary 
cardiologist. Did I say that right? <laughs> I'm not smart. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. said it. You said it pretty well. Okay. B plus. <laughs> For lack of confidence, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you just rolled Wrong. through, I think you would have been good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I was the programmer, and Crystal was the the smart person. <laughs> and uh, and we, we both had those um, careers um, until we, we were in the RV, and I was, I guess, Crystal... Crystal scaled way back when we were in Houston for three years. And, and then Crystal, uh, when we moved into the RV, Crystal s- scaled back and I kept going. Um, yeah. And then it was kind of a gradual, like just that, that shift kind of, um, let us revisit the creative side and just kind of delve more into, into music i'd be able to play out more and because we had started playing out when we were in houston that's when we kind of developed our our duo and what we were doing um but for all while i was in school for half my life (laughs) it was i very much was not able to to put the time into my creative side of my brain as much as i wanted to i mean i was a, a writer um always like just from when I was very young that's just how I, yeah. I got things out and got a guitar right after high school because I decided I wanted some of that writing to be songs and then you know did continue doing it during undergrad but then when I went into the more intensive schooling it just there just wasn't time for it and so again having time for it made me realize how much that was where I belonged or where it where I felt I belonged and most um, myself. And so that was mm. a, a nice realization. <laughs> um, and so we just kind of gradually, like he scaled back his job and then eventually um, quit that. I and resigned. Re- <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> it was honor. It was an honorable uh, dispatch. <laughs> we have the certificate and everything. That's great. <laughs> but, That's great. And what, so what year was this? that you bought the RV and even if you were still doing day jobs a little bit what year was it that you guys started doing shows the two of you together well it it was all kind of staggered and gradual we started we came up with the name in 2012 mm. crystal quit her job in 2014 and we uh that's when we left in the we, RV yeah we got the RV left Houston and then I went down to halftime in 16 or I think and then I quit in 18 and it was just you know we were gradually getting better shows and getting better at songwriting and playing out and all that so yeah where did the band name come from basically because there are no ordinary elephants in our opinion so even your everyday ordinary elephant out there is this magnificent creature and so it's a bit of a reminder to us to that there are a lot of things out there that way that may seem ordinary but there's a whole lot more to it when you take the time to look Mm. just a reminder to to always take a second look oh i love that that's a that's a i've always i've always thought it was a great name for a band but i i didn't know (laughs) i didn't know where it came from so 
after you guys met in 2009, I mean, did you did you start like dating right away and start playing music together later? Was it the other way around? Simultaneous? Yeah, we we actually uh, we got together first as a couple, and then it wasn't until I got a banjo that um, in 2011 that um, we started playing together more um, for whatever reason that 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 allowed us to sync up musically i would say yeah like we would try to i mean we would play together just for fun whatever he was playing guitar at the time and um it i mean it was it was fun and it was fine but it just it didn't there wasn't that thing that just like felt right you know about the what we were doing musically but yeah after he got the banjo it just it fit what the songs i was writing and the um it, yeah, it just made it a thing <laughs> uh, yeah. that felt right. And so I'm interested in the in the dynamic too between between you know ha- being you guys are together and you're in a band together. And mm-hmm. I I get along great with my fiance, but I think if we were in a band together, we'd kill each other. <laughs> um, I mean, there's always there's always going to be those creative riffs or or, or whatever. Um, how are you guys able to to make that work? Yeah, is is your fiance a musician as well? No, she's I'm not. just curious. Okay, I'm just curious. <laughs> she's not. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't. I mean, I I don't know. Like we we're just not. He's very patient. Um, I will say that. <laughs> I guess it just it feels like the the music and the songs are bigger than us and so it it's like we're both have this other goal outside of ourselves that we're both working toward you know it doesn't I don't know it doesn't feel like we I mean as personal as music is and very much so (laughs) um with lyrics and everything it um there's just this other it we neither of us I feel like get prideful about it or like oh this is my song and I want it to be this way because that's how I did it it's we're trying to serve the song and that's a collective goal and so I think that that probably helps that or yeah and I also think that's a great answer (laughs) thanks I I also (laughs) think that our strengths are um are in different places so when like Crystal is much more of of a lyricist than I am and and I'm probably more musical uh, uh, just naturally so I think we both recognize that um, that our strengths are, are compatible but different especially when uh, when channeled towards a song and so if, if one of us feels strongly in, in that uh in, in our respective strengths or e- even not, but we're, we're, I think we're pretty respectful of, of each other's opinions and we'll both at least consider, um, and explore ideas that the other person has. Um, and, uh, I, I think we both set our, you know, egos and pride aside when, when we're serving the song, like Crystal said. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. a good point that our, what we tend to focus on or, or 
better at is different you know they overlap but are, are different and which has been I, I think really a great like it has allowed us to um get better at the other thing you know to learn more like what the other person is stronger at allows the other person to, to learn more about that but also the thing that we're stronger at it uh, it it keeps you honest you know when you're yeah. th- that when you're trying to um, when that that expectation is there trying to like to not be like oh well I'm this is what I usually do so this is this has got to be right because that's what I want to do but it's not like I think we both like you said explore what someone else like having someone um who maybe that isn't their strong suit suggest something can be such a such a helpful thing to be like oh wow I got I gotten so locked in on this this other thing that I'm doing to it can kind of blind you to have a more not beginner's mind that that sounds bad like you've never done something but just that uh, willingness to kind of play and explore things more um, has been helpful yeah yeah and and so what's that dynamic like in when you're writing together is it I mean, do you guys sit down in the living room and say, let's write a song or does one of you, you know, Pete has a, a riff or you have a lyric and then, and then you go from there. Yeah. It's you, we, I don't know that we've ever successfully done that. <laughs> like just sat down and like, okay, let's write something. It's, yeah. it's usually oftentimes I'm working on something for a while first because I'm, since I'm more the lyrics person and I'll, then I'll bring it like, okay, I'm here. Let's, let's work on arrangement and help me edit the lyrics and or help me figure out this other verse that kind of thing um but yeah sometimes it's i have this line in my head and he comes up with melodies all the time just randomly i'm like oh what is that that's amazing you know (laughs) and i think that goes with the thing i was working on the other day and so we'll come together in that way Uh, yeah so it's kind of yeah it's not we we tend to not start something together it's usually one of us bringing something started or an idea um, and Mm. collaborating from there Mm. and so you guys have been I I know a lot of musicians listen to the podcast and I think about uh, you know how you guys said okay we both have good stable jobs and we're gonna I know it's gradual we're gonna leave those we're gonna buy an RV and we're gonna go tour the country that's inevitably a scary thing um, to do, especially, you know, I, I know Crystal, you were men- mentioning intensive schooling, um, where you've spent so much time and energy doing something mm-hmm. that's something else. I mean, was there any amount of conflict when leaving your job of what did I just spend the last half of my life in school for if I'm not even going to do that anymore? I mean, what, what was it like, uh, to finally make that decision and say, well, I'm going to go here instead. Yeah. There was very much a, a struggle there. <laughs> um, because like you said, you put time and energy and money into something. It makes you think it's important, you know, like, or that that's yeah. it, it increases the value for, uh, not in an, a true way, you know, just, it, it feels, what is it called? Sunk cost mm-hmm. something. There's some terms. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I had like, well, I've spent so much time doing this. How can I, I walk away from it? Um, but it, he, Pete helped me really 
realized that I, I kind of didn't have a, a choice. Like I, I really needed to walk away from it for my own um, mental health. It just, it, the, where I was and how much time I was, I was spending doing it. And um, it just was not sustainable for me uh, from a mental health standpoint. And, mm. and so it was, it was more just when we first left in the RV, it wasn't like, Oh, we're going to go do music full time. Like we didn't, I don't think either of us really thought that we could truly do that. Like be full time musicians. It was like, that would be wonderful, but that's, yeah. you know, that's like a, a dream, whatever. And it was kind of just a, like, we, we want to live on the road full time, like be full time RVers and, because we had just learned that that was a thing. It was kind yeah. of now I feel like everyone knows about that, but at the time it was just this this new little spark of an idea that people were learning about uh and we're like we have to do that, right? Like we can't not do this. <laughs> um and so it was it, and that helped it. I think that helped me be able to to leave it more so you know like okay we want to do this adventure thing and try this um helped me to make that that jump but mm. it was i mean i've it was the best decision i've made you know i mean that it yeah. i feel like i'm in a much better more true place for mm. for me pete on the other hand just resigned from his job <laughs> <laughs> Wow. <laughs> well, I mean, he's he, when we first left in the RV, he was still working at 40 hours remotely. Yeah. Mm. Um, and so it, it just, because we needed income, and <laughs> that was a way to, he was already working remotely when we lived in Houston. Uh, so that was, it's like, well, they're already letting me work remotely. Let's see if they'll let me do it from wherever we are. <laughs> and they were on board with that. So uh, wow. we did that for a while. And then it kind of got, we once we started doing music more it's like hey we like he needed more time away from that job to be able to move the music more forward there was no we were just going to stay where we were if he didn't have more time so it's like okay well we gotta scale back and just try to do it as as cautiously as we could because yeah it's it's scary leaving things that <laughs> give you stability but yeah yeah i think it was more scary quit to resign <laughs> this is the first time i'm using that word by the way um yeah it was, i think that was the scariest part and it's i think it continues to be scary um but just because and especially with the pandemic um and losing all that ability to tour um as we knew it but um you know we're still we're still alive and <laughs> thankful and yeah. making it work. When did you know that you could do it full time? Cause I know, you know, you're saying, Hey, well, we just want to live in the RV. Was there a, what was the turning point when you went from, Hey, we're going to live in the RV all the time. We're going to play some music to wait a minute. This is going to be our full time thing. I think we kind of got an inkling that it might be possible in 2017 when um we we started getting accepted into like these song contests and stuff that we were entering and it seemed like we were being validated um and then 
in 20, right? Yeah, in February yeah. of 18. But the, yeah, oh, and then two. and then that's kind of when I felt like, oh, wait, maybe this might work. But then in in 2018, we won this Folk Alliance Award that um, that was like Artist of the Year for um, for that organization, and that's that's when it was like, oh, that, I mean, if 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 not now, then then when can we? Yeah. You know, because we were getting to another. Uh, almost plateau where we felt like if I didn't, I needed more time to work on music and, um, to get any further. And so that, that was kind of the, the, I don't, I'm not, I don't really believe in signs, like, you know, the way people necessarily talk about them, but, but it was a signal, um, or at least, a uh, like just a, an event that let us know, (laughs) <laughs> yeah, because the cool thing about that um, award was that it wasn't something that, like these other things we had been doing, like showcases at Folk Alliance and things like that. The it's all things you submit for, you apply for, and hope to get accepted or to be to be able to be part of it. Whereas this was had nothing to like. We didn't like. Oh, hey, can we be considered for this award? We just got saw it posted. Like, hey these are the nominees and we were one of them and we're like whoa what you know like that's no way we're gonna win but okay wonderful to be wow. nominated alongside these amazing people and then the so they announce the nominees and then the people within the organization get to vote for it so it's like your peers basically who are um, other musicians and in industry and that kind of thing mm. and so when you know, we go to the award ceremony, whatever, and they say our name. It was like, holy crap! Like seriously, <laughs> you know, like, it was it. It just felt um, so nice that we were just doing our thing, like making our music and putting it out there, and to be recognized for just doing what we were doing, not for trying to submit for this thing. You know, it just it just happened, and it was very organic and wonderful Mm. yeah did was there a shift at that point when you guys won that award where uh, maybe you were being taken more seriously with booking or people started uh, venues started reaching out to you in a different way or bigger venues I mean was there a was there a bump from that directly Uh, yeah I think uh, in my memory for sure Mm -hmm. um just being able to put that you know venues i'm sure venues that wouldn't have opened an email did after that and they didn't say that explicitly <laughs> like oh, i opened it now you know whatever welcome but to the club yeah right <laughs> but yeah to me there was a perceptible difference you know that it seemed like we were able to play places that we were wanting to play more yeah the types of venues Oh, that's got to be so cool too. Especially you didn't didn't apply for it. It was just uh, being recognized by your peers. Hey, these guys are out working hard. Their music's wonderful, and uh, to get that to get that must have been really neat. And I know the year before that, you guys were uh, Kerrville finalists. Um, and and since then, you've done Folk Alliance showcases. I mean, you guys have done in in that world all kinds of all kinds of things. And I I mean what. 
I mean, do, do you guys think that the competition thing and the going to the conferences thing is a, is a helpful thing for musicians? Is it something that you guys still do? We do. I mean, um, I think it's, uh, uh, well, for us, I mean, I think everybody's road is different and um, you, there's no recipe for being able to do music full time. Um, but for us, it was, it was the re you know, it was the reason we were able to do it. Um, and, and folk, folk lines, what? Yeah. I was just saying it, it allowed us to create a community or to be part of that community, the folk alliance stuff, especially, you know, and Kerrville, you know, Kerrville's kind of like a, <laughs> a very casual version of the, <laughs> of the conferences sort of, I mean, there's just so many people there. Um, yeah. And yeah, you just get to be part of this community and it allows you to meet some, I mean, had we not, I don't know how else we would have met all the people we've met and be able to make friends with other artists and just make connections with, with these wonderful venues and listening rooms out there. It's just the, a, a very efficient way of, of doing that and, and not in a, I mean, it can be done in a very like. Uh, businessy yeah in a businessy way but we that's not how we we try to not approach it that way just more of a making like truly creating relationships and not you know trying to not see it as like selling yourself out there at this conference just starting uh, and looking at it that way not like oh i want to get all these gigs out of this one conference it's it's the long game like you you're Mm. just making relationships and it's it's all going to work out, <laughs> you know, like it'll, um, yeah. And it, it, it's not an immediate thing always. And I think it, people, obviously it's maybe cliche to say that it's a relationship business or a relationship based business, but it's, it's so true that like, I mean, you, there's so many just serendipitous meetings and things that just turn into gig or turn into, uh, a tour or whatever you know it, it you never know what's what's gonna come of like <laughs> we were just talking about this last night that uh a couple of folk alliances ago i was like dead tired and so i decided to stay in the room and crystal was like all right let's go you know i'm, I'm ready i think this is the montreal folk alliance <clears throat> and she was um she was still raring to go, and and uh, what you went? What did you? I was just walking around the halls, and there was like a little. The, the way that one was, they had little like beverage, like kind of little tiny bars on, on the. And it seems like all the other folk alliances, everyone just brings their, you know, would have drinks or whatever. But the way Mont- Montreal was very stringent with their, <laughs> with that, and they had little bars set up, and I was in line to. I was going to get a glass of wine and talk to the guy who makes these microphones the ear oh, trumpet yeah. labs uh he had been to our showcase earlier that night and i we saw him in the audience we didn't know what he looked like we didn't know it was him you know yeah and we were just in line and uh we started talking he saw our showcase and really liked it and like hey if y'all ever come you know come up our way in uh oregon let let me know you know we can try to put a show together like actually we're gonna be going there whenever we were gonna be going there fairly soon or the, you know within the next few months and we ended up setting up a show at their place 
they played it, you know, and I don't know wow. that that would have happened otherwise had we, you know, oh, and not yeah, just like decided to stay up a little longer and, and walk around. So the, the lesson is don't go to sleep. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Drink wine. <laughs> don't go to sleep. <laughs> uh, and, and but now yeah, you, you never and, know who's going to show up at the sh- your showcases too, you know? Yeah. You never know who's. Who's Just in the, the audience. one person there, right? Could even, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like he could have been the only one in the in the room, and that still would have happened, you know. So you just to not take anything personally too with the showcases, like who, how many people show up or whatever. You just there's so many simultaneous things going on, like you can't take it personally. Like yeah. you just you play for who's there, like as if it's that's that that's the only person that matters because they're they're in front of you. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Wow. And your microphone, the, the, his microphones are being used on this show now. Yeah, yeah. they are. <laughs> we love these, these mics. We, we use them live. Um, they're, they're called ear trumpet mics. I'm sure. Well, I'm not sure, but a lot of people have heard of them by now and, and they're getting what, uh, deservedly popular. Um, mm. so we're, we're happy for that. Cool. Cool. So work life balance is, uh, you know, everybody has a, a work-life balance or they try to. What is that like um, when you're at work, you're not at home? I mean, you're 100% not at home. Um, is there a happy balance for you guys where you, you can do a certain amount of months out of the year touring or do you just take as much as you can get? We don't know. <laughs> well, it's <laughs> okay. so it's it's interesting because it – so we, when we were, we were living on the road full time. So we were constantly traveling. Like we were in an RV and kind of our, instead of having like concentrated, okay, we go out for a month and then are home for two months and then go out for a month. It, that was just kind of spread out more over the year because it, it didn't matter. We could move around or, you know, our, our home could be wherever we could, we could move around our home base. Um, and so we were wanting to go more toward the traditional thing of, all right, you go out for a certain amount of time, then you're home. And so we got a place and then the world shut down. And so we haven't really done, done it in that way yet. Like when yeah. we just went out on this last tour, that, that was our first like, okay, we're gone from home for almost a month and then now we're, we're back home. So it's, we're just getting into that more traditional <laughs> way of, of touring and figuring out what what makes sense for how how many months to be out and how many months to be home sure uh, and i think also the work life balance that you're bringing up i it totally for us it extends to the time we are at home because um if anything it feels like more pressure to be productive and do all the things when we're not on tour because we don't have the excuse of being on tour. Right. Yeah. We're, we're here yeah. and like, oh, you got to get all the songs written and get all the things done. And it's, yeah, the that balance is hard. Because, I mean, to me, it feels like it is our life, you know. Yeah. So it's just, it's, it's, it's very messy and hard to separate that. And it's, um, it's easy to, at least for me, to fall into the, uh, like okay, I'm gonna do these emails and get this booking stuff done and all this stuff, and because you it can feel productive. Whereas and then I'll I like the writing and the the working on the songs and so that feels like a reward. And so I'll yeah. like oh I 
that's too, I'm enjoying that too much. This can't be work, you know, and, and end up putting that, pushing that off because it feels like I shouldn't be spending my time doing that. I haven't like really locked my brain in yet to like, this is your job now. Yeah. (laughs) You know, you, this, you should be spending your time doing that. Um, Yeah. Work can be fun. It, do you, <laughs> right. do you divvy up the the mundane business tasks between the two of you as one of you the booker, one of you the website person or anything like that? Well, we have a booking agent now, which is wonderful. We love it. Um, but before that, before, you kind of did the booking yeah. more so. Yes. Yeah. And I guess I'm I'm the treasurer maybe. Yeah, and like the tech <laughs> person very yeah. much. You know, like he'll do, I mean, he does all the actual website stuff, like the, the things, mm-hmm. but I'll help with like the design aspect of it and what looks better. You know, I can't make it happen. Like I want this to be over here mm-hmm. and then he can make, make it happen. Mm. So we, yeah. Together we're, good. we're, we're almost like one, <laughs> one person. <laughs> uh, that's great. That's great. Um, so, and where are you guys at with recording a new music right now? I know there was, uh, Before I Go was 2017, and Harvest came out uh, a couple years ago, and then you had a single uh, last year. Let me tell you yeah. what I think. Is is there, what's next? What's in the works? Well, um, we are, we've got songs, and we are looking around, and we're thinking we'll record this coming year. Um hopefully sooner than later and um we'll see where when when that ends up coming out um you know it can it can be a long time after you finish a project um depending on a lot of things so we'll see of course we're we're we've i mean all the songs are kind of out there um especially um our patreon um community we we usually give them a new song a month um sometimes uh sometimes we'll share like just covers or or strange recordings or collaborations or stuff like that but um but often it's it's a new song at least in the last year and a half it has been so um and some of those we we have up publicly so if you look around you can find some of those new songs and we've been playing them live just to kind of make sure they work <laughs> and uh yeah. and then we have a, like a stack of songs that are not quite that we haven't played out yet but are done and at varying stages of being done that we want to look at so it, to try to have as many options to feel like what fits as a collection you know yeah. for the next the next thing yeah yeah and pete do you i i was hearing your you said something a couple of years ago that you used to play more guitar but but don't anymore um and and if and have had to switch um i mean somewhat voluntarily but it sounded like somewhat involuntarily had to switch over to banjo uh more yeah um i was getting some kind of uh i don't really know what it was but the tips of my fingers were um were like really sensitive almost as if um like it felt like they were bruised 
um, so guitar was kind of too hard on them for a few years. I'm starting to be able to play again though. And, uh, but the banjo, uh, just, you know, it, the strings are really light. And, um, and so I was able to play that through that time when, um, guitar became painful. I, and you had gotten the, he had the banjo before that before happened. That, yeah. So, so I mean that, so it was kind of voluntary, um, in that, uh, you know, I wanted to play banjo and I, and I got it before that started happening. But, um, yeah, it was kind of weird. I, if, if I had to guess what it was, I think I might've been protein deficient and my fingertips were like, just, uh, there wasn't enough meat there or something. And, and, uh, we were vegetarians for, um, a while. And I guess I was maybe like three, was it three or five years that I was? I don't know about you. Three years. I was like 10. Anyway, I I think I wasn't, uh, and and not to, not that it's a a knock on that lifestyle or anything, but, uh, I wasn't doing it quite right and not getting enough protein for my, for my fingertips to (laughs) stay normal. I know that sounds kind of weird, but, but uh, that's the one thing that changed. That's the only thing that changed and then went back or, you know, went away from that lifestyle and it's becoming better. Yeah. And for whatever reason, the octave mandolin, um, that I play also, I was able to play that, pick that up during that time. Um, and I guess just maybe, I don't know. It just, it was just, it, it worked. It the, maybe the way the setup I had on mine or, um, the scale length was more conducive to weak yeah. fingers <laughs> yeah 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 that's that's so interesting i haven't i haven't heard of something um i haven't heard about something like that with, with banjo do you i mean do you have a couple players that you really admire or that you were listening to that made you want to pick it up mm. well gillian welch um and dave rawlings were the reason i got a banjo i they're they're um, last album, The Harrow and the Harvest, came out in 2011, and um, there's a song called Hard Times on that record, and uh, I, it was like the second I heard it, I was I was entranced and ordered a banjo, and um, you know, since then, there's there's a there's just so many players that inspire me, um, and not necessarily anybody that I can play what they do you know like Bela Fleck is one of my favorite musicians and um he there's no way I could I don't play three finger banjo um so yeah yeah I mean and I love other instrumentalists in that in that vein um but I I think the Stray Birds they were they were um I think Maya DeVitri was who played banjo on their records and, and I loved her playing. Um, I don't know who else. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> when you, you've gravitated to the, to the claw hammer style. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, yeah. So I mentioned three finger, which is kind of, uh, descendant of Earl Scruggs and, and claw hammer, um, is is the maybe the other more 
popular style. There's also like two, uh, two finger old time and, and some other styles, but, mm. uh, claw hammer. Yeah. That's, that's kind of what Gillian and Dave played and uh, play and what I was drawn to. So that's what I went after. And it, it actually, for whatever reason, um, I guess, you know, with, from coming from guitar um it was pretty uh was pretty not too difficult <laughs> for me to yeah. switch over and yeah. um and so that that made it more fun probably and yeah. I, I don't know i feel like his um like he was meant for banjo like it it just feels like it's his i mean he's a wonderful guitar player also like it was you know before when we met but just there's just something about the way he plays banjo that just feels like he was meant to to finally find that instrument uh yeah just the way he plays and um adds to to things it just feels very i mean he's very much a natural musician he picks up whatever and can do something with it you know he's one of those one yeah. of those people but i don't know it just feels like he was meant for the banjo in my opinion almost uh not a sign, but a signal. Right. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Uh, and Chris, I know a lot of uh, lyricists will write strictly autobiographically, um, and you're not one of those lyricists. You do a lot of other perspectives, um, take on a lot of other characters. Um, is that something that you do consciously, or is that just the natural way that you write? Yeah, definitely a, a, a conscious thing. Cause, I mean, initially it was it was all autobiographical. You know, when I first started writing, that was just a way to get, get things out. And then I think it's, I kind of had that realization that, oh, I don't have to just write about me. <laughs> you know, you can, you can take on other characters and, and still talk about it in the first person. You can be that, that character. Um, and that just opened a whole nother, um, area to explore. And, uh, it's way more interesting <laughs> than yeah. just trying to, you know, to to write about yourself. You're bored of yourself. Yeah. Well, no, but just, I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's, it, I mean, I think that I, for, it feels like music is, and, and songs are a way to, uh, to help create empathy, to have other people, um, feel things uh, and it as a songwriter taking on someone else's point of view I think helps that you know it helps channel that for yourself and then so it helps you put it out there more as well yeah hmm. do you have a favorite character that you've you've played in a song that's a really interesting question um I don't know. I guess there's a um a a song on our 2017 album called Best of You. It's a song name, not the album name. And that I guess that song feels like where I feel like I found my writing voice um to you know just more confidently than I had before and 
so I don't know. I kind of I'm always that feels like a very yeah comfortable place. You know, even though I'm that that event didn't actually happen to me. Um, yeah, I I relate to it, and it um, I don't know, just something about it feels feels good to be that character when 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 doing that song. The yeah. character being spoken to, or the character speaking yeah. to. Because there's kind of two, right? There's the the advice giver, and I'm curious which. Right, I mean the the person speaking in the song, like the 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 narrator of the song. Okay, cool. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for the clarification. <laughs> I thought I thought she was gonna come back and say, "There's not two characters in this song." <laughs> <laughs> what? Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, I, I thank you guys so much for your time and, and chatting with me. Is is there anything we left out? I don't think so. No, thank you so, so much. This yeah. has been wonderful hanging out, and um, and we'd love to hang out with you offline too sometime. Yeah, let's let's do it. It was it was great uh, hearing you guys at the Kerrville cover, virtual cover Sunday, I think it was. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and yeah, maybe we'll yeah. But next time one of us is in the in a state that the other one's in, yeah. let's get together. <laughs> we'll <laughs> keep an eye out, and you're always welcome down here. Yeah, I appreciate it. That was my conversation with Ordinary Elephant. And this is a short clip of Best of You, which is the song we were just chatting about at the end. Of course, you can hear the full thing on Spotify or any streaming platform. Or, hey, you could just buy a hard copy directly from the artist from their website. And that's an interesting concept, too. Well, that was a wonderful conversation. Uh, I think a great way to start the new season. And I'm thankful that uh, they sat down with me. Um, thankful in general. I'm recording this the day after Thanksgiving, recording the monologue anyway. The interview was a couple weeks ago. But Ordinary Elephant, they're constantly on the road. Um, you can check out their tour dates on their website, which is in the show notes. Um, you can get in touch with them. They're accessible people. They're nice people. And uh, yeah, support. Great group. And I guess that's all. I'll be back next week with another um, episode and something a little bit different next week. I'm actually uh, analyzing Randy Newman's Good Old Boys record um, with a friend of mine for his podcast, but I'm, I'm putting it on this one as well. So something different next week, and then it'll be back to the interviews the week after that. Um, I hope you had a great Thanksgiving. Thanks for tuning in uh, to this first episode of the new season, and I'll chat with you real soon. <laughs>